Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Brandon Alexander is a young and inspired creative who had a thriving dance career in Los Angeles, performing with artists such as Beyonce, Rafael Sadiq, and Jennifer Lopez. While successful in his dance career, Brandon returned to Texas on a personal quest, plagued by the realization that a generation of men seemed to be lost and that gentlemen and chivalry were dying. It was 2013 that New Age Gents was born with the mission to build better men by discussing what it means to be a gentleman and calling all men to be better. Since its birth, Brandon has shifted 100% of his energy and focus to New Age Gentlemen, providing services that empower men, both young and old, by building the modern-day gentleman. New Age Gents has now mentoring programs that offer one-on-one training to build character, confidence, and self-awareness in men, and also helps people rediscover healthy dating, relationships, and love in a swipe-fast culture. Today, we discuss the aspects of cracking your chest open and allowing yourself to be vulnerable past the point of comfort. Please welcome Brandon to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we are here with Brandon Alexander. How you doing, man? I'm doing great this morning. I'm doing really good. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited because today we are talking about something I think is really important, and especially right now, getting into what it means to crack your chest open. Now, before I give my whole, whole like deal about what that means, uh, we talked prior, so I found you on Instagram came across your account, uh, New Age Gents, and like immediately was captivated by the words that you had to speak about um, men's issues and opening up and becoming more vulnerable and things like that, which is something very needed in the space. We have a few episodes talking about that here too. So it's something I'm interested in. But um, you, when we did our pre-interview, you talked about cracking the chest open. So before I even give my synopsis of that, what does that mean? Uh, wow. Having your chest cracked wide open um, is honestly a, a term I, I've been um, uh, adapted to or kind of adopted, if, if you will, to vulnerability past the point of comfort. Mm. And I think there's a, a point of vulnerability that you're, everyone's kind of accustomed to. I can talk about my feelings. I can talk about how, I, how I'm doing today. But to be, have to, have to be vulnerable past the point of comfort, I think, is what it means to have your chest cracked wide open. And I think that's when you're the most exposed. You're the most naked you're the most sensitive to um emotions the most sensitive to what someone could say the most sensitive to what's happening currently in your life and in the world Mm -hmm. so you've kind of coined this phrase as a result of you having to actually go through something that allowed, allowed yourself to do that so before we get into that part first tell our listeners kind of like what's your background and what got you up to this point and then explain that critical mass that cracked your chest open that gave you that you're word. funny i what? feel like you want me to talk about dancing you want me to talk about dance <laughs> i did not say dancing <laughs> you were like i want to hear about your background i want to hear about your dancing brandon um i was a professional dancer i moved back to la in 2007 from colleen texas which is a small town uh, i wanted to do something different with my life and so i've been blessed with the opportunity to dance with beyonce to dance with jennifer lopez rafael sadiq um, different music videos, different artists to go on tour, see the country, be out of the country doing what I love. But I think in 2014, 2015, um, I just said, forget it. I, you know, I don't, I don't have the same passion that other people have um, in dance. And so I went home for a bit. I went home to Texas for a little while. And while I was home, I had this reminder, if you will, of what it meant to be a gentleman, of what chivalry, why chivalry was important. My mom reminded me immediately uh, boy, have you forgot your home training, if you will, because Hollywood, no one's really looking for you to open doors, do this and act a particular way. So I, I go through all of this. I have this experience. I get to Texas. I, my mom reminds me. 
and I start writing about what it means to be a gentleman on Facebook. And a friend at the time named Julian Mitchell, who's still a good friend of mine now, uh, he says to me, uh, hey, I'd like to share this on my platform. And I had a platform at the time called The Love Project. And he shares a couple of my posts on The Love Project. And that's really the birth of how I started New Age Gents. He sent me a message, or we were messaging back and forth. He said, launch your own thing, launch your own brand. And so I launched my own brand on Instagram. And I've been doing it now since 2013. Now, fast forward to that, fast forward through all of this. The biggest thing I've learned from being someone who has a brand and has something that has to do with um, masculinity, vulnerability, transparency, you got to live what the fuck you are promoting. Right. You have to live exactly what you're promoting. And if I'm honest, those first couple of years of doing New Age Gents, I wasn't honestly living out what I was talking about or what I wanted it to be about. I wasn't that vulnerable. I wasn't that transparent. I wasn't allowing myself to really be as, as transformed by my experience as I, as, I, as I should have been. And so fast forward to now, today, um, I have a friend in my life that I care very deeply about and some big life changes were coming up and everything got hit at one time. She was leaving the country coronavirus hit and then my one of my dogs got arthritis and now he's slowly aging fast actually and it all was kind of this perfect storm because i couldn't i, didn't, I couldn't really go anywhere we're all in lockdown right I couldn't go anywhere i couldn't just go drink at a bar i couldn't just go play pool with the boys i couldn't just do what i would normally do to run away from my feelings so i had to sit with them and one day i sat and uh, on my patio, and that's kind of the beginning of it. And I, I held my older dog, and just a tear rolled down my cheek, just a tear. And I sent, sent my friend a message, and I was like, I'm crying right now about my dog. I never thought I'd feel this way about a pet. And it ran through my head about the gratitude that I felt for him, the things that I was going through. And that was the beginning of my, I, felt, I literally felt myself expanding in my chest, in my breathing, mm. from what I was used to and accustomed to. And she sent me a message back, she said, sit with it. And I was like, Oof, okay. So I sat with it. And then uh, my next, the next thing that was the, I, I feel like I see a chisel and someone just has my <laughs> chest and they're like, and they just open it up wider and wider and wider. So the next thing is we're watching this movie called Wonder. And she and I have been having very, very, personal um we've learned a lot about each other conversations so i was slowly be massaged uh into a place of safety and comfort bless you Thanks, i was massaged into this place of safety and comfort to where i i didn't realize my tipping point was approaching so we're watching this movie called wonder and um there's a young man in the movie named augie and i, I can relate to a lot of his school experiences because I wasn't the most popular kid in school. I was bullied for the most part or made fun of for not having name brand shoes or my thick eyebrows or my big ears. Um, and then Will Smith and Martin Lawrence made me feel really good about having big ears because they're successful. <laughs> yeah. So we're watching the movie and it gets to the end and something amazing happens. And I just start crying uncontrollably. And she's crying. And she holds me while I'm crying, a 31-year-old grown-ass man is crying as if he's five again. Mm. To my it's the ugly cry. My, my, I can't control my breathing. Just all systems are down. And as she's crying, I can hear her. and My eyes are closed or pushing to her shoulders. And she's telling me to breathe and breathe and breathe. She doesn't tell me to stop. She just says, breathe. Mm -hmm. And as I'm breathing, another wave of emotion hits me. Another wave of emotion hits me. And then no longer about, no, it's no longer about the movie. Now it's about her leaving. Mm -hmm. And by the time this uh, was done, I just was like, what the fuck was that? What was that? Mm -hmm. So it happened again. And this is where we'll pick up uh, our, I guess our conversation. Uh, it was the day she's leaving. And uh, fuck, man. <laughs> Today she's leaving. And uh, 
I, uh, I go to grab her bag and I put it in her friend's trunk and uh, she walks over to me and she hugs me and uh, I just, I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself from crying again. I wasn't necessarily sad, but I, it was like everything I could, everything I had never said to you and everything I could never say to you is coming out in these tears. Mm-hmm. This is my love letter. Yeah. And uh, I got in the car and I sat there for 10 minutes because I could not drive. And I remember sitting with the feeling and I was like, I'm not sad. So what, what is this? And we talked about this. It, 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 and it felt like freedom. Mm. It felt like everything that five-year-old me, seven-year-old me, 10-year-old me, 15-year-old me, 18-year-old me, 21-year-old me ever needed was this was this kind of of love this kind of experience man uh yeah yeah that's yeah so what you're expressing is this this aspect of ourselves of release and you said it yeah um because we we do tend to kind of hold on our guards and make sure and safeguard like how we feel so when it comes to love specifically and we talk about how we want to connect with other human beings. That is a very spiritual experience and being able to connect with someone in that kind of way and to be able to grow and open up that type of humanity. It's, it's incredible growth and soul expansion. So you even expressed it in an energetic physical way of feeling yeah. your, your chest open up and feeling more space to open up because you were holding those energies there for a long time, which is causing stagnation and tightness. And so yeah. to be able to open that up and release that through and let those emotions come through allowed you to feel so much more, so, so much more beauty. I always tell people that when they're protecting themselves and they're in that, that state of guarding all the time, you're not just guarding yourself from being hurt, but you're also guarding good emotions. Like you're also guarding like wonderful things from coming into your life. So allowing yourself to have that openness so you can so you can feel everything like and so this aspect I love this topic because you know for a long time like I've held myself in such a guarded space like trying to protect myself from love like trying to protect myself from pain but like in that and thinking that those were the same that love was pain love was painful and hurtful now when we talked earlier you taught you said something that your friend um, Mark Groves had spoke to you about and so yes. you guys know who Mark Groves is is create the love and he said, um, finish this statement. When I love people, they fill in the blank. Yeah. And you said leave. And like, first you can tell our audience a little bit about like why that is. And, um, okay. and then we can kind of discuss a little bit further, but go ahead. When he, when he approached me with the question, I was really taken back. Cause I wanted to, I had, I had like a perfect answer. I had the right answer. You know, it, it was, it was not the truth. So when I sat with it and I looked at my wounding, uh, the, this whole thing started with my dad and my mom not being married or not being together. So abandonment is, is, is my first experience with love. Mm. That's my first experience. And, I, and I'm a kid at the time. That's my first experience with love is abandonment, if you will, my, my, how it registered for me. And then I fast forward to my mom getting married the man she was married to, feeling safety with him to an extent, even though the relationship wasn't the most healthy, but felt safety. He was the closest thing to a male role model figure in my life. Then they get a divorce. He's gone. Uh, my mom in high school uh, decides she wants to do contracting work in 2004 to go overseas in Kuwait. And I'm asking her not to leave. The story has repeated itself, mm-hmm. right? Now, these are the major pillars of my life, and you fill in the blank with every person I've dated. The response to someone who's been left is to hold on. Because mm. if I hold on to this, you can't leave. If I do everything to do to keep you to stay, you won't leave. But in reality, the suffocation is what makes people leave. The what? The suffocation is what makes people leave mm. because they can't, they can't breathe. Mm. They don't have the space and the air they need to breathe. That is, that kicks me in the teeth a little bit. (laughs) Because it's so true, right? Like 
you you are you're clinging to something and that doesn't allow for that space for someone to choose you instead you try to earn it and keep you, it and, it. and that's <laughs> that's not something that a lot but like even as a child like it's not your responsibility to have to to force a parent to stay and so yeah. those wounds that you incurred at that place where you said when i love people they and fill in the blank you guys who are listening think about that and write that down because when i love people they leave is mm. is you can you can nail it really quickly where the wound is um yep. i have something similar like um i haven't even like thought about my own word because i was like i have a many words tonight. but um <laughs> when when i love people they are indifferent is mine mm. and so while they may be there they're not always often invested or don't seem to care as much as i care or um and i have to do things to get them to care more um but it's ne I, I never really ever fully have them and so I can see that that's an abandonment issue uh, uh, for sure and a neglect issue um, without going into my own personal history, like this, the entire 55 episodes already. Come um, but it is, it is so potent because that it speaks to where our vulnerability can be or where we're holding yes. our vulnerable, vulnerability, where we're not allowing people to come in because we're trying to protect whatever that thing is, whatever that thing is. Uh, resonates for us essentially so what would what would you say obviously i think i know the obvious answer but like maybe our listeners don't um why do people have such a hard time with this concept of the chest or the abandonment chest. like the chest yourself up. it's scary as fuck i'm still i am terrified of it because the biggest thing is you don't feel like you have control anymore. There it is. There's no control. There's no control. And that control aspect obviously is for us to keep ourselves protected, that guard again. So yeah. in that aspect of that guard, we keep those walls up and, and keep out the good stuff, the good, good stuff. Like the, the things that make us human, the things that make us have yeah. this emotional experience, the things that do expand our soul. So what would you say are some of the key markers to starting this journey of making yourself vulnerable? What does that look like? Uh, acknowledging patterns. Mm. I had to acknowledge my patterns of relationship. Um, that's one. I would say acknowledge your patterns. I would say two, um, Understand the th understand the difference between an actual safe place and then something you think is safe. Ooh. Um, yeah. Unpack that one. Well, I think an actual safe place you you'll you'll find your more you'll find your more authentic experience of who you are in that. But I think when you think a place is safe or you want you want that place to be safe, you can feel the hesitancy and reluctancy in your own self to not fully be you. Mm -hmm. there's still not quite a full go. There's still not a full green light, but you really want this because you care about this person or you, you really want this to work. You'll make them a safe space, mm -hmm. but it often leads to disappointment because you already kind of know it's going to go there, but you want it so bad that you, sh you shouldn't be surprised when the person kind of almost lets you down that sense the expectation, if you will. Mm -hmm. So there's a reality versus the expectation. There's an actual safe space and there's an expectation of a safe space because you want a particular outcome. And then lastly, um, I would say, whew, uh, find, because patterns and, and patterns um, stem from wounding, but I would say acknowledge the actual wound and call it out or wounds, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I know for me, the main one, I haven't really, the main one for me is abandonment. Mm -hmm. And within abandonment stems a little cousin called rejection, right? Mm -hmm. But the, op, the, the, the opposing um, or the, the remedy for it would be acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. The yeah. remedy for it is uh, being chosen by someone else uh, a free will. Um, that's the remedy for the, that particular wound, but you can't force the remedy. Right. You can't curate the remedy. 
mm-hmm. right? Now people can say self-love is, is the thing to do to help that, but that still does not fully heal that particular wound until someone from the outside, whether it's a friend, whether it's a coworker randomly one day, whether it's your husband, your wife, um, maybe it's someone you did a job with, in their own free will decides to give you the thing that you need and desire most, that's when it's true healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You that's can only do important. so much. Yeah. Yeah. That is such an important distinction to make because a lot of people say things like, well, you'll, you'll never find the one until you love yourself enough and da, da, da. And, or, and <laughs> puts his hands up. Um, because, and, and, and while that's, partly true like you need to love yourself in order to emanate and attract things out in your uh, outer space but you will even if you love yourself to the nth degree you might still have a very particular view about how people treat you yeah because of your experience and there's no way to really override that until someone else does it differently and like i'm all here in self-love like I'm, i'm i'm totally for that there is a part of that because if you if you don't love yourself you will definitely put up with shit that you shouldn't and people will treat you like trash and it'll be your fault but if you've got if you've done the work and you're doing the work it'll still take at least one example to to show you like that one that you've manifested that but that person like you said out of their free will to do that and that hits me in the chest today because (laughs) um there is there's so much protection around it so Mm. like there's so much like um, you know, okay. So if I can give myself as an example, so much rejection, so much abandonment, so much, you're not good enough. And having to do so much work to get to a space of like, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I'm not going to put up with. Fuck y'all. You know what I mean? Like, so getting to a space <laughs> of knowing exactly who I am. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't tolerate bullshit anymore. So even if someone comes into my life and decides they're going to be a certain way, I'm like, listen, I don't need that in my space messing up my aura, you know, like to, to mess up what I've cultivated, which you said a safe space earlier, yeah. like cultivating that safe space. So I'm like, you can't fit in my safe space if you don't abide by these rules. So, but after that, like, um, even this week I had, <laughs> I cannot talk about it on the show, but <laughs> this week I had something happen to me that was so out of the ordinary of the way that people normally treat me. And you almost question it you question it and you go like, is this real? Is someone throwing the guys over my eyes? Is someone this? And that's that protection going in and saying like, no, like let's tighten the chest. Like, because people, other people will tell you that too. People will jump in your life and be like, we'll be careful. We'll make sure, you know, which is Mm. right. Like they're, they love you and they want to be there for you. But when I found myself in a space of deep surrender uh, to those wounds, and deep surrender of my safe space that I've cultivated. Like when I'm in that place of the universe and saying, you know what, what's for me is for me and what's not meant for me, like it like is out. Um, what's meant for me won't miss me. I don't have any necessity to be fearful. I don't have any necessity to be scared. Like it is scary to be vulnerable. Yes. But like when I, and when I say that if this if something is for me and I'm not trying to force it, anybody out of everybody can come in their free will to, to show me and shower me with that love that I was so scared to receive before. What you just said, I think is so key because I said something to a friend of mine and he said, well, what are you afraid of? I said, I'm actually afraid I may, I may get the very thing that I want. Mm. Like what happens if I actually fucking like this actually plays out? Like what the fuck? What then? Yeah. That means all those tapes are mm-hmm. bullshit. That I've allowed to play and play and play and validate my experience, right? And what was crazy about this is I felt like as a friend, I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm listening. You know, you're going through things. How can I support you and what you're going through? But as that was all happening, I was actually the one getting the healing, Mm. right? I'm sure we both got something out of it. And she wasn't someone that was like openly challenging me for my healing. I think she could just see me. Mm -hmm. and in seeing me was like "Mm, you don't have to do x y and z Mm -hmm. that i would normally either have to or someone would be like oh yeah bring on all the things bring on the extravagance bring on the gifts bring on the showering of love give me the whole full Mm -hmm. experience to then oh you know what that was fun yeah yeah 
as opposed to something that's a that that has longevity to it, has substance to it, right? It's a slow cook, right? Yeah. It's not fast food. It's a slow cook. Yeah. And that is in understanding, building the friendship and loving the person at the very core of who they are. That's what fucked me up. Mm. That's what, that, that was what fucked me up. That was the whole, like, grab your chest, grab your chest, grab your chest, grab it, because this ain't right. You don't, you can't bring none of the tricks to the show. You can't bring no extra nothing. You can't sprinkle nothing on top, nothing on top. You can't earn Bruh. it. You can't earn it. You can't earn something this valuable. Mm. Like, I value this. Oh, why? I value this so much because it showed me, we talked about this on the phone. It showed me. Whew, I know, man. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm sweating, I'm crying. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, it is, just yeah. to jump in real quick, because we got real emotional real fast. <laughs> um, I, I kept hearing in my head, like we are so committed to our taste because Oof. then we can be right, but we won't be happy. And we, we, when we recognize those tapes, it's like, um, you, you're, <clears throat> you like the devil. What is, what is the phrase? Um, the, the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't mm. like, um, that idea of taking in something, even if it's not any good, but you keep it because it's something you know. You can you know the ins and outs of how it hurts when someone treats you this way or a guy participates in this way or, oh, he ghosted again or, oh, my dad is just this. And you, you commit to those ideals because even though they're painful, you know how they work. They're and familiar. They're familiar, exactly. So you, you run into that comfort zone. It's how trauma works. Like you recognize something. Why does he feel so familiar? Ooh, he's so cute. Why? Because he reminds you of your father who used to abuse you. And that feels like something you recognized as love as a child. And you recreate that trauma wound as a means to override your child behavior to, to see if you could do it differently this way. And when you find that it doesn't operate differently, you're like, see, I told you. That's exactly how it was. See, I tried to hope. But now I get to be right, and I'm committed to that. And I, it hits me in the gut. Because <laughs> when you said earlier, like, I might actually get what I want. Like, I might actually, like, that would have to mean that, that I could, I would have to invest. That would actually have to mean that there's more risk involved. That would have to mean that I could actually feel this big love feeling that I've been wanting to feel for so long, and that it was possible. Like, which, and if you've been believing this whole time that people leave when I love them, then it doesn't fit the narrative. And that's where we have that kind of psychosis where we're, we're uh, rattling between, isolating between the, the truth and what we consider our experience. But, oof, that's, y'all. <laughs> I felt like that was very channeled. Like that was, this, this was for the collective today. Um, yeah, man. Wow. Um. So I haven't even said it yet. The thing, because it's like it's in my chest, and it's I I see, you know, I, in the last six months, I've seen uh, my younger self so vividly, and almost kind of like walking with him through all of this uh, in my adult body, and um, you know, I, I'd find myself on the corner of a couch when my cousins were playing. Um, I'd find myself, uh, in class, uh, sitting away from people quiet sometimes, uh, because I was afraid, uh, I was afraid of experiencing that feeling mm -hmm. and I was, I was scared of rejection. So how about I just fucking isolate myself? How about I just sit over there alone? And I've never talked about this ever. I've never said this out loud because I look back at my childhood, my childhood, not me learning how to fucking finesse the world to think that I'm something else. But my childhood, when I was my truest self and this fear and this desire, this deep fucking longing desire for love and stability. It, I just, as a kid, I remember this is, I don't fucking want a puppy for Christmas. 
I don't want anything else. What I want is love in my life and in my family. That's what I want. And I didn't know how to fucking get it. Mm. I didn't know what to do to get it. Yeah. So I started doing things. I started building stuff around the house. I started giving presents. I started, I learned, I, tr- I taught myself, well, if I earn this, I'll have a taste of it, whether it's a good job, that looks great. It was, it was like I was feeding for just a drop of water. Mm-hmm. But what the fuck happens when someone, you don't even ask someone, and they bring you a glass of water and say, hey, here, drink. Mm, that is such a powerful analogy. You didn't have to ask. <laughs> someone knew you were thirsty to anticipate your need out of love. We have these long dramatic pauses with each other <laughs> because we're so introspective in this eye. Like it, it hits it such an emotional way because the aspect of having to crack your chest open means being open to that type of love. It might be very yeah. difficult to see if it does happen in our life when we're committed to these tapes. So if it was available to us, we definitely wouldn't have recognized it. And it would have felt yeah. artificial in some kind of way. We'd have questioned it and been like, wait, wait a minute, like you want something or, you know, you, you want to, um, in, in our protection, like if someone was yeah. offering us real love, we, we could explain it away why it wasn't. And in, in some cases there are people that come and, you know, that are, you like, you know, they have motives and things like that. But if we aren't in a space where we're open to it, we won't recognize it. You know what fucked me up? about recognition and recognizing it mm-hmm. is I really thought it was going to come in this like I say I love you package mm-hmm. right like that's something that people are like I need that I need to hear I love I thought it was going to come in some I love you package I thought it was going to come in some you're the most wonderful person in the world package I thought it was going to come in this this particular dressed draped curated form if you really look at the people we love most in our life, we don't say it that frequently to them mm-hmm. because it's known. It's acknowledged, but why is it acknowledged? It's acknowledged because there's a shared respect in it, and the actions and the mutuality of it is shown simply by that. So to, to, to get rid of a tape, I had to stop looking for a particular thing that says it or her actually saying something like that and acknowledging the pure action of it and listening Mm -hmm. to now say, you know what? Thank you for this thing you chose to do that you didn't have to do. Thank you for that good morning text that you didn't have to send. Thank you for helping me with this. Mm -hmm. And when you stop looking for and expecting it to look a certain way, which I think is a big issue now. And I'm very careful with what I post on New Age Gents about, well, love should look like this. And if it don't look like this and I don't want it, well, buddy, you will fucking miss mm. the real thing because of curated content that is selling something for someone's greater betterment advancement in their business, mm. not your life. Fuck that's, that shit. That's, that is very important. Um, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> because you'll miss, I could have missed this if I were looking for the perfect Christian woman who had a, she's an entrepreneur and she looked at me a certain way and she made the food that I liked. And I would have never, I would have never gotten to this place because I would have been, I would have been so okay in my experience and allowed my chest to stay right where the fuck it was at. But it took someone coming in that didn't look like what I was expecting but love me in a way that I needed. Mm. Because the checking the boxes just doesn't work. Doesn't fucking work. Doesn't Throw work. the shit out. Throw <laughs> it out. Now there's there's a lot of manifestation teachings and stuff that say make make your your vision board, make your list, make your like what attributes you want in a partner. And yes, that's beneficial for people who don't know what they want and don't mm. understand themselves. And as I got older, I started to look at that list got smaller and smaller um, because the superficial things just kind of faded away. And I was like, at the, at the gut of it, it was like, I want someone who loves me, like in a deep, authentic way. Like, I, I, it, okay, so they don't like what I like in this. Like, yeah, we have to say if have something in common so we can talk. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Um, 
but it, it doesn't have to be packaged the same way. Like some people are like, oh, I don't want someone with any baggage. You know what? Everybody's got baggage. Everyone, yeah. including the person saying, I don't want people who have baggage. Shut it up. Yeah. So like in that aspect of this is, this is kind of a way in which we keep our chest closed because we look for measures in which we can control who comes in and says, these little attributes are what's going to protect me from getting hurt. If I can choose these things and I like all these things, then this person is perfect for me. And in that way, like you said, like if it doesn't come in the way you look, you'll miss it because you have, you don't have your chest open. You're not, you're not in an expansive place where you're allowing yourself to be open to what the universe can bring you for not what you want, but for what you need. And like the whole point is for the growth, the aspect of us opening, cracking our chest open, cracking our chest open is to connect with another soul in ways our souls can expand. And we can find yeah. partners and people that allow us to see other aspects of ourselves and heal big parts of ourselves. And sometimes that maybe that's, that's a month, maybe that's a lifetime that could be two years and a breakup. And then this, like the, all of these rules around how the perfect relationship should look based on very archaic uh, paradigm, to be honest, keeps us from being able to experience it in, it, in its breath of beauty, like in it's yeah. even finite. Like if you dated someone for a week, and it was the most beautiful experience you had. And then it went out the door. Why does everybody call that a failure? Talk about like, it. You know, Talk about like, it. <laughs> why is that a failure? You experience something new. You experience a part of yourself. You open a new part of yourself to love, to hope, to, to start to crack that chest open. And when people get hurt, what do they do? They retract. Yeah. Close it back down. Oh, see, you know, I knew I wasn't, it wasn't safe time to, for me to open my heart. And it's like, no, like, that's the perfect time to open it more. Like it's when yeah. you crack those things, that's when the light comes in. And so like that to me is so powerful, especially today. Um, I told him earlier before we got on the phone that, that he had a message for me that my guys were saying like, he's going to say something to you. And this was, this was it. Um, allowing that beauty to come in, not to, not to protect yourself from beauty and fear that you might invest and, in, and in not get back your investment on your return. Because Ooh. that's not what love is. <laughs> this exchange that we're experiencing is, is the, the depth of our spirits trying to connect with each other in ways. Like sometimes your soulmate is someone you met for a day. Like Ooh. sometimes it's your dog. Like sometimes it's, you know what I mean? Like it can come in so many different forms. So when you said that and you were like, when people are saying this is what love looks like and you subscribe to someone else's paradigm of what fits for them, you, yep. are, you are keeping yourself closed off to what's possible for yourself yeah now because here's here's what's interesting uh, just really quickly no, what's interesting about what's happening with social media and love is that they people already had a checklist okay he has to be six two he has to have a particular <laughs> job he has to or she has to do this and she has to have this kind of body she needs to do this right mm-hmm. but now with this this thing that's happening is the comparison to your real life relationship to someone's Instagram relationship, you don't know what you're agreeing to because you don't know the behind the scenes of that relationship. So, okay, they may look at that person that way, but you don't know about the fight they had two hours before that. So are you subscribing to just that moment or do you want the full, the fullness of what it took for that moment? Right. Cause you may not want it. Right. You got to acknowledge like, okay, okay, that was, that was a second. But 95% of their relationship could be shit. Mm-hmm. So do you want that? Or would you want, rather be in a relationship where you two maybe don't have that many longing looks at each other, but you connect, you can play a game together, you do life, they're your friend, right? Like what I've learned most about this is friendship. They're not your everything. But the basis of friendship and building friendship has been the greatest denominator in, in, in intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's this, right? Yeah. It's this, it's, it's this exchange. It's this freedom of like, we can talk without this weirdness of like, well, I can't say the wrong thing because it may right. cause a fight later. Well, what happens if we don't have sex tonight? Well, what right. if she doesn't like that dress that I bought. Well, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? And your friendships, you don't care about any of that shit. So if you have the friendship aspect, right? And that's what, this is what I'm learning. If you have that, it makes it easier to navigate anything outside of that room. Mm-hmm. 
because you have the communication aspect and you're allowing that to be those, the steering wheel for anything else that goes on. Right. That's incredibly powerful because what, what you, what you're speaking on is that friendship is a freedom of vulnerability. Like it's Correct. trust, it's an openness. It is the, you know, it's not funny cause we can have our, our chest cracked open for some people and not for others. Right. Um, it doesn't go across the board. Like you don't just crack it open. Then it's open for everyone <laughs> open for business. No, it doesn't work. No, like that. Doesn't work <laughs> that way. It's like an no. individual case by case basis. So yeah. in that, in that you, um, you know, like I have some friends that are like family, you know, like people mm -hmm. that I've known, um, you know, forever. And then there's people that I've met like last year who are like some of my best friends now and I collect people. And so to, to open myself up to that, that aspect of vulnerability, when we talk about um, relationships is, is that comfort, like about being able to be exactly who you are and not have to perform, not have to mm. show up in different ways in which that you're, you're not prepared or not fit for, you know, like that thing that you said, or like, what are you signing up for? Um, in our, you know, as this is a spiritual podcast, but to me, human, uh, topics are spiritual. So whatever, um, dating, especially like when we're in that aspect of putting ourselves out there, you know, like a lot of times what we'll do is we'll put on that mask first and everybody brings mm -hmm. their best and their, their prettiest first. And we're trying to sell somebody on who we are and we get to that space of like, okay, now that we've sold them on who we are, now we can let our mask down. And then suddenly you see everything kind of fall apart. And then you're like, Oh, so they didn't love me for me. And then I said, well, you didn't, you sold them on something else. And yes. both of you guys were probably masking out. So you're not, you weren't being, being vulnerable and you weren't being real and you, you had your guard up and you had all your mechanisms and coping things that you were like, okay, this is how I can, I can sway them. This is how I should persuade them. Um, you know, whether it be in your pictures or the way that you talk or the platforms that you have or whatever, as you're holding those things as higher value than who you are at the base of yeah. it, like at the beginning and, and my, my, I think an advantage for me and a disadvantage for me, um, in my experience when I have been dating is that I, I show them the open heart first mm -hmm. and which is very hard to do because like you, you do end up getting a little pie on your face quite often, but I never regret it because the people who rejected who I was at my heart weren't for me in the first place. And I would have been damned if I'm going to waste a bunch of time on someone who doesn't, who won't love that part of me. So Correct. It's, Correct. More, it's like um, the whole thing, what's, what's meant for me won't miss me kind of thing is that like this, there, this is one of the benefits of being able to allow yourself to be open in that way, allow your heart to be open in that way and, and take that risk because I would rather be happy than right. Yes. Yeah. And if you, if I look at my entire, the entire relationship and how it played out, I had to, I had to keep coming back to this choice. I could be happy or I could be right. Mm. And I had to sit with myself whenever I, whenever I was presented with the opportunity to, to choose the two that I'd be like, man, but I really, I'd rather be happy. I'd rather have her around. I'd rather, because I could be right and living life the way I've been living life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not happy. Heart um, not being heart closed, not being able to share magic and adventures. And, and when I say this, it's not extravagant. When I say magic and adventures, I mean, it could be a sunset on a fucking Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And that's an adventure because a hummingbird flew by or this kid said that dog is cute or you see a couple holding hands or somebody just moving to the neighborhood an adventure mm -hmm. doesn't have to be extravagant mm -hmm. with someone and still have the same fulfillment yeah we get i think we get um you know swayed our media and everything telling us that love is in, in all the these big things and so we look Correct. for those big things. And when we don't get those big things, it causes, gives us cause for reason to close our heart. More. To close our heart. Yep. Right. And, but it's in, it is in the small things. It isn't like that. It is ah, like, I love that you use the word magic. Cause I was just talking to a friend of mine about her. I, told, I was telling her that she was magic and, and that really yeah. touched her really deeply. And I thought like the, this aspect of something that seems otherworldly, 
that seems out of our normal human kind of da da da, you know, like it seems extra in a way. And it's an energy that is like uh, conducted or exchanged in some kind of way. And even without being in love, you can experience love, like yep. through yep. A, with a stranger, with a puppy, you know, like whatever. And that emotion, I believe, the more you open your heart, the more you experience that, the more you see it, like you, you, you prepare your heart to receive those things. Um, you know, like if you're in a jail, your heart's inside of a jail, like no good can come in either. Like you're protecting mm-hmm. things from coming, you know, like from coming in, but like that exchange can't happen very much. And you will keep that jailed perspective. Well, you know, like you'll, you'll have some skepticism. You'll have that kind of idea of like, well, that's not real or that's not this, or in order to protect yourself and keep yourself in those tapes that are playing so you can be right. And so you can protect yourself. Um, so how does somebody know, wait, you're pointing at me. What's up? Go ahead. Um, how does someone know when it's okay to open your heart? How do you know it's okay to open your heart? I didn't know it was okay. That's the thing. I didn't know. It just, it literally just was like, I'm feeling this. What is this? Okay. I give myself permission. Mm. Right. Mm. Didn't know what was going to come on the other end of it, but it was like, okay. When it happened with the dog, it was, it was random. You know, we went to the vet, uh, you know, he told me, uh, you know, his hips and this and that, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. And I think he told me he had like two years, mm-hmm. right? He was like, he'll have two years, maybe you got two years with him. He's uh, 11, it'll be 12 in October. Maybe you have two years with him. And then kind of the reality of life hit me. I'm like, two years is nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And I thanked him. I said, thank you for being the perfect dog he's a shelter dog eight years of his life in his shelter he came to this pack with his brother austin they've never fought once and i thanked him for being a friend that i needed Mm. for being loved without ever asking him to be loved for his look that he gives me when he wants to go for a walk for everything that i never once had to tell him to do he just was Mm. And I, I sat there and I just held him and he just put his head on my lap. And I, when I texted her, I said, he never is like this. He's never, the, he's an older dog. He's a little disgruntled. So he'll go like, all right, you're doing too much. <laughs> he just, he just sat there and let me do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I texted her actually, uh, I said, you leaving and him getting old uh, or the signs of him getting older were the exact ingredients because of my love for dogs and because I, I, my, my heart is like, I, 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 I want to just do life with a partner, right? My dad and I are beyond what happened with us. Mm-hmm. I just want to do life with someone that cares about me, loves me and sees me for me. And if we happen to have kids one day, then great. But if we don't, it's me and you to the end. Mm-hmm. But to have this experience of someone and challenging myself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, uh, how I show up in the world and having this thing that I care so deeply about uh, show me that life is short. It was a perfect, the perfect, perfect concoction to open me up and say, fuck this. Mm. No more. These tapes got to go. Yeah. These tapes have to go. I can't keep doing life this way. I can't keep putting that tape in because I think something's going to happen. I can't keep worrying about the what if. I can't keep worrying about what he's going to die. All I have right now is this moment with him. All I have right now is this moment with her. And I have a fucking choice. If I decide to do it the old way, the right way, or I can do it the way that's going to lead to my ultimate happiness, mm-hmm. peace, and joy. And that's the challenging. One. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. You know, that, that question rings in my ears. How do you know when it's okay to open your heart? You don't. You don't. You don't. Like, you just have to crack it open <laughs> anyway. Because what... But, the, right? be- but the, the beauty of it is, it's organic. Mm-hmm. It's organic, right? Uh, they talk about the slow trickling of water on a rock or, yeah. or anything of that nature. And slowly over time, there's a crack that forms or it erodes. So if you allow the love to come in, 
and come in, eventually it's going to crack that rock of your chest wide the fuck open. And before you know it, there's a rushing river that leads to a waterfall that is your soul. Mm. I couldn't have put it better. <laughs> I couldn't have put it better. A waterfall that leads to your soul. So before we go, if, as if that point wasn't amazing enough, um, what's the last thing you would leave our listeners? As the world moves forward beyond coronavirus, as the world moves forward beyond protesting and injustice in the black community and, and police brutality and, and racism, and everything that's going on in the world, there is no greater time now than to, to allow love in. There is no greater time than I've had so many phone calls with people that feel shut out from the world because they don't agree with the message. And to me, that's bullshit. There's a, there should be one message right now. That fucking message is love. You've had people locked in their homes for from three months, two months. People's parents, grandparents have died. If you are not about the overall message of love right now, then I think you need to relook at what the fuck it is you're pushing. Mm. Yeah. What everyone needs now. Being isolated from physical contact, hugging, touching, seeing a face because you have to put on a mask. Mm. Now, not only are we wearing masks, we're, we, we have, we're holding signs up. I mean, all of these things, we get rid of the masks. And this is not just physical. This is in your spiritual and emotional life. Get rid of the masks. Get rid of the signs. Get rid of anything that does not let love in and let love come out of you. Because mm -hmm. that's what's needed moving forward. The, the world needs its chest cracked open. And you can be the drop of water that leads to that. That leads to that river, that leads to that waterfall, that leads to the ultimate healing of fucking humanity. Preach, man. I got chills. I literally have nothing to add to that. That is, and that's rare. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, before we go, can you tell everybody where to find you? You can't find me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> His address um, is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have it. Um, uh, you can find me on New Age Gents on Facebook uh, at New Age Gents. Uh, and then I have a website called NewAgeGents.com. And I also have an Etsy shop, which I'll be revamping here shortly. Uh, my mentor got on my ass about that. So sorry, guys, for the delay <laughs> on new products and new content. But I'll be doing that more moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for uh, spending time with us today. Guys, you know to like and subscribe if you like this episode and share it with someone you love. Um, I think it's so beautiful moving forward, especially what's going on in the world that we do, that we are that drop that allows for the world to crack open. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.